America. 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 Who am I? Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. It's Michaela Hall, African American. I'm Repa, and I'm from Thailand. I'm I'm Anada, and I'm from Senegal. So you see, we all have different, very different cultural backgrounds, and I wanted to know how you guys feel like your different cultural backgrounds affect or contradict your American identity. For me, uh, it does affect my American identity a lot, I think, because I grew up in Thailand. So growing up there, like what the normal, like seeing what we do there and what what is normal in America is just like drastically yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like with me being like like African American, I would say, I feel like it's it's very difficult to like describe it, like mm-hmm. the feeling. It's like, you know, I see like presidents see different people just like just saying like, oh, you don't belong here, stuff like that. Maybe because like I think generally because like of the history, like this def- like definitely my history. I feel like that's a huge thing. But I feel like just by seeing the face of America presidents, like you know, recently Trump, how he would just say this like just racist stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know it makes me feel like really contradicting, like, well, do I even belong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, honestly, it's just I find beauty in differences. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't want to lose my cultural identity um, because I'm chasing an American one. So, like, it's it's not difficult, but it's like, do I choose one or do I choose the other? For many people, it's easy to, like, have both, but to me – I just like embracing my differences. Mm-hmm. I've never, it's I've, who you are. yeah, it's who I am. My cultural identity is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm just in America. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's a country. doesn't mean you have to act a certain way because and you don't have yeah. to like assimilate to the American culture. Yeah. And all my friends, they're like, you know, American and like, I want to say American, American culture is very much laid back. So like when I see they can do things that I can't, it does make me like I get a little FOMO. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. I get a little FOMO because like I can't do it either. Yeah. But you know, okay. you're, yeah, That's like you're. What happened yeah. to me too? Because like around here, like when I came, I saw that like people were hanging out every day with their friends, and I was like, "Your parents let you?" Because like <laughs> I'm not allowed yeah. to, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. I can go out like once a month because like they just like. They don't think that's normal. They're like, you see your friends at school, you don't even see them in anything else. So. Yeah, and then also, like, I don't know if this is a thing with all ethnic parents, but I know it is a thing with African parents, mm-hmm. especially. They do not like anything outside of their culture. Like, mm-hmm. if it's not, like, they're so prideful that it's like, if it's not Senegalese or it's not African, it's not good. So <laughs> if you don't have African friends, they don't like them. You're not coming over to my house. And if I don't like, if I don't say, oh yeah, um, this so-and-so African friend is coming along. That's the only way I can go out. If like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So like my cultural identity hinders me from having an American identity, but at the same time, I'm not really chasing it. I don't, yeah. So with that being said, how does your history affect your American identity? Um, well, like I said, I grew up in Thailand and we just talked about the, like, 
not being able we don't hang out like every single day so coming here I try to fit in like especially in middle school I was like I want to hang out like I wanted to hang out with these types of people like every day and my parents were like no like that's not us mm-hmm. and they're like don't act like that we're not them we don't have the stuff they have they don't have the stuff we have so yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so like um for me history when I like think of history my history doesn't take place here so I don't think it can really affect me and and then again when you hear the country of Senegal or when you hear Africa you don't immediately think of the country Senegal like it's a very unknown I think not not a lot of people you think of Nigeria Ghana stuff like that you don't really you don't yeah you don't really think of Senegal so a lot of people may not be educated on my culture enough to treat me differently because of my history yeah Yeah, you know what I'm saying so it's it can be really hard to like say that so I do not think my history affects me um when it comes to America but if I was back home it would definitely affect me yeah Mm -hmm. like with that like it's almost like the exact opposite Mm -hmm. for me because it's like my ancestors were like forced here and then like yeah they were literally forced here and like be into like submission like mm-hmm. quite literally and you know well like that what slavery lasted for like 400 years yeah, right yeah. yeah and they know what led after that and then what led after that it's mm-hmm. just like this constant just cycle and because of that that's i think why i feel really contradicted about claiming myself as an american yeah mm-hmm. because i feel like saying i'm american i'm claiming their history i'm claiming like saying oh what they're doing is okay and i don't believe that because again what they did was to me mm-hmm. what they're doing is to me and to my people yeah so it's really i feel like that like that specific history like slavery and that civil rights there all of that it's the reason why i feel conflicted with saying that i'm an american mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I also want to add to that a little bit because like it's so interesting to me how different like how different social issues are in different countries Mm -hmm. because like with my country our biggest thing is class like ancestry your ancestry determines whether you're treated a certain way like um if your ancestors weren't nobles or your answer you you're not um, a descendant from royalty you're not treated with respect and like they don't allow the we call them gears and we call them gills gears are those who are ancestors from royalty and gills are those who are ancestors from the one who entertained the royalty i guess you can say mm-hmm. commoners stuff like that so they wouldn't allow so nowadays if you um if you're not an ancestor of um a gear they will not allow you to marry a gear and mm-hmm. if you're a Gidwell, they will not, uh, and if you're a Gid, they will not allow you to marry a Gidwell. Like everything in our country is about class and ancestry. Yeah, but here it's all about your skin color. And I think it's because over there, everyone's the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course there's colorism, people bleaching their skin in Africa, but for the most part, everyone is the same. It's very rare to see a white person there. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Everyone's the same, but here America is so diverse and it's a melting pot. So like everyone has different cultures. And so it brings a lot of, oh, who's better? Who's worse and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, I honestly do think that's where, I think that's what makes America so different. That's why our social issues are, are different. Are so yeah. much, yeah. I really thought that was a very in- interesting like thing. I just noticed that, but yeah. So recall, I have a specific question for you. And it's, do you feel like you are a minority? Because um, I recently read an article that said that they're starting to group Asian Americans with white people in a census. And so what do you think on that? Like, do you think- Well, if they're including Asians as white just because of the skin color, I don't think it's like, because like, it depends like where you're from, like Mm -hmm. the skin color tone, because like, for like Eastern, North, Northeastern Asia, mm-hmm. like they have lighter skin tone than compared to the Southwest, Southeast. So I don't really, yeah, um, I think I still feel like a minority because like, mm-hmm. you're not, yeah. I'm not the lightest. Of yeah. 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 Um, I don't think me personally, I don't think it's about the skin color, mm-hmm. but I think it's about just bringing white people up or elevating them higher than they already are. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I can elaborate on that mm-hmm. because we all know, like according to, um, here's some statistics, Asians are reportedly the highest um, percentage of those with a bachelor's or hi- um, higher degree, 54%. And um, in Stanford University, it's a very great, institution Mm -hmm. their um undergraduate yeah 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 it's undergraduate student population 25 percent of it is asian that's huge that is a huge number so yeah and also asian americans um what's it called stereotype the stereotype that they're smart and they're geniuses Mm There's, of course, I don't want to play into stereotypes, mm-hmm. but there is a little truth to some to some stereotypes. And with these stats I've just given yeah. you, I think that proves that. And also, with um, they are reportedly the highest um, um, immigrants when it comes to median income. They mm-hmm. earn the highest mm-hmm. median income. Yeah. So, like, I think it's trying to like if when you group these people. Asian people with these stats, when you group them with white American, it only brings them up. Yeah, you know, it's a white statistic. And like yeah. stereotypes, and this isn't actually, this isn't only a question for recall because stereotypes can affect me and Michaela as well as black women mm-hmm. in America because there's two types of stereotypes. Yeah, there's one that like is positive and there's ones that are more negative and more serious. Like how you're saying like, with like an example of like an Asian stereotype, how we were mentioning how like eight, like you know, like is people say Asians are smart, you mm-hmm. know, here's good the, at math, yeah, mm-hmm. things like that. But like you hear when you hear like some black stereotypes, like you hear the ones like oh, like we can dance good stuff like that. But you also hear the ones like we're thugs, yeah, we're ghetto, we're drug dealers, things like that. And those specific stereotypes is what I believe harms us Mm -hmm. that is what i believe gets us gets like these black little boys killed but where did they come from so the media that's Mm -hmm. exactly where they come from so tell me what are the topics talked about in rap like money sex drugs yeah killing somebody gangs Mm -hmm. stuff like that 
but like if you turn to like a white station it's all about love and yes like really music. upbeat it's like a very like two very different things okay. and the thing is there's also an image push of black artists black rappers mm-hmm. it's like like they just look like that thug image that's mm-hmm. what that is yeah. and the thing is rap like their biggest audience is black children, black teens, stuff like that. And we know that children are the most impressionable. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't, I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier, but you know how during slavery, our culture was stripped away from us. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what, like we don't have a foundation of culture, African-Americans. Mm-hmm. So as time progressed, we just found things to consider our culture. Mm-hmm. And a really big thing is music. And because, you know, Rap is pretty big. Rap and R&B, mm-hmm. those are considered black culture. Yeah. So little boys seeing this image and they're like, oh, this is my culture. This is what I need to be like. This is what it's like to be black. Mm-hmm. They try to take, they try to assimilate to that rap culture. Mm-hmm. That's what they they look up to. Mm-hmm. And they begin to act like that. They begin to dress like that, things like that. And it's not even just with the black men. It's also the black, black women. women. Yeah. Yes, you know it's a very hypersexual, what is it called? Archetype? Um, archetype. Yeah. A yeah. very promiscuous thing. And that didn't just come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That didn't come out of nowhere. Ever since like slavery, it was like a thing. It was like that black women can't be raped because they always want it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh that that came back from forever ago. And like in the media, like like movies and things like that, there's two very different archetypes. There's either that like that mammy, like the menstrual mm-hmm. character, or the very hypersexual black woman. Mm-hmm. And you still see that in rap. Yeah. You know, who's pushed? Megan Thee Stallion, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B. Yeah. 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 And what do they have in common? They're, They're hypersexual. Yeah. And that is what's pushed, but who is pushing it? White, White men. men. They're behind, who is the, behind the label. Yeah. So it is a system. Yeah. And it becomes a reoccurring cycle. Not, yeah, I get that. And not only is it hypersexuality, it's also that, you know, little black girls, they listen to these yeah. artists as well. Mm-hmm. And when I, what I see when I see these women, like the rapper Baby Mamas, yeah. they're almost like, you know, they're, it, it, black girls look up to that now. Right. They look up to, oh, I have, um, and, and you don't get that lucky all the time. Those mm-hmm. girls got lucky. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Those girls got lucky bagging a rapper and then getting pregnant by them mm-hmm. and then having I their babies. You know that? You know what? You know what I'm saying? Like, but all black girls, there's not enough rappers in the world for every single black girl. So, right. and that's where also that comes in. Like, you will hear how that's that stereotype. Mm-hmm. And generally, it's like if you don't fit into that stereotype, you're whitewashed, yeah. you're an outcast. Things like that. If you don't want a bust-down wig, lace <laughs> frontal, if you don't want any of that, then you're just white. But I feel yeah. like... That's how, like, stereotypes hurt. Exactly. It hurts us so and much. And the thing is, like, I know you've mentioned before how the black little boys, mm-hmm. how you know, you ask them what do you want to be. An NBA player, go to NFL, Rappers. or rapper, things like that. And they don't even know the statistics. Exactly. It's like only 1% of Division One athletes. And Division One athletes are the ones who are like gods in high school. Yeah. Then they yeah. go to D1 schools like UNC and Kentucky. And only 1% of, of, the, of them yeah. make it to the NBA. 
So it's just like you need to realize that this dream that they're selling, and it's these not NBA, it's, it's not realistic. And these NBA players, they go broke after five years of retirement mm-hmm. because they don't know how to manage their money. And that's the thing. So it's like it's that mindset, that like mentality, and also ignorance, not knowing like mm-hmm. really how you're saying managing your money. So look at two really big people. So let's look at Kanye West mm-hmm. and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, he invested, he put he an investor in Jordan. Mm-hmm. Kanye West owns Yeezy. He has yeah. his own fashion. He built it from the ground. And that's why he is a billionaire. Yeah. And think about it, Kanye West was like fifty million dollars in debt. Yeah. But he built it's amazing how he was able to get out of that and become yeah. one of the exactly. most richest black men and those on earth. Don't know that. They it, think it's because they're Korean. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, it's, and it's also the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is power. And I remember you, like, we, you know, specifically black people have the most setback with education. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is why we are the most financially irresponsible yeah. because you don't have that knowledge mm-hmm. who who like you see so many white families who have these generations it's lineage New houses, well, the Rothschilds, everything like that yeah. and you look at us and it's almost like i'm not gonna say you will see very few like really rich black people mm-hmm. but you know you see several of rich white people and if you do see those very rich black people it's usually new money and one thing that I want to mention, though, is the economics, practicing mm-hmm. economics, and also building your own economy within your own race. Mm-hmm. So, because we all know that money is power. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, in Black people specifically are, you know, the most financially irresponsible or, like, mm-hmm. not brought up together mm-hmm. financially. And one way I feel like we can get that is by practicing Black economics. Mm-hmm. feeding into our own businesses and things like that mm-hmm. and what was it i keep forgetting the name of the riot or whatever but it was somewhere in wilmington it was like the wilmington race massacre mm-hmm. race riots have you heard of that no well it was like it was like a, a town in wilmington and it was black business everywhere. I know what you. Yeah, it was. It was like a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was forever ago. That's what they used to call the first Wall Street. It, it was black, That's entirely true. black owned, and it was burnt to the ground. Yeah, and the thing is, they were rich. They were all living successfully, burnt to the ground, and it was burnt to the ground. Literally, it was the. Fr- and think, when you think of Wall Street, have you ever watched The Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. When you think of Wall Street, you see that golden bull or whatever that animal is mm-hmm. in the middle of the streets. It's booming. Business is booming. Warren Buffett um, has like um, his net worth is like one over one hundred billion. You know what I'm saying? All these big names, all white men, and the and we forget the history. The fact that the first Wall Street was entirely black owned. It was black. So I don't, you know, I don't want to say black people are the least educated, but that was our our, our education on economic economics and economy was taken from us as well. Exactly. It was burnt to the ground. Well, that's where this generation is now. Like you mentioned before, handouts. Handouts. Mm-hmm. And that feeds into the mindset, like not to work harder for what you want. Mm-hmm. And you see, and that's why you see so many families, generational poverty. Because mm-hmm. we don't need, more money isn't what we need. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We need education. 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 No one can take your education. Nobody can take it. Your money can go in a split second. But your education can never be taken from you. You know what I'm saying? Even if you lose all your money, if you still have your education, you can you figure out a way to make more that. money. You know what I'm saying? Knowledge is important. That's exactly. why knowledge, knowledge is, is so important and it's so powerful. But I don't want to say black people lack the knowledge, but we were never given a chance to have the knowledge. Mm -hmm. It was so many setbacks. And the thing is, it's like now that you look at it, though, it's almost. I don't want to say comical, but like look at where we are in this generation. Everything's at the tip of our like our tip of our tips. Yeah, yeah. Well, like so, I want to like an example specifically. So my father's parents mm -hmm. never taught him about financial literacy because his like their parents never taught him about it. So the thing is, if he didn't know, I wouldn't have known. I would have mm -hmm. grown up, mm -hmm. probably been in a lot of debt, mm -hmm. and. Oh, yeah, time. it would just be a continuing cycle. But he was like, I have everything I need on my phone. Yeah. I can go to Barnes and Noble and get a book. You literally And he did. And he did. And then he learned about investing. He learned about stocks, financial literacy, stuff like that. Yeah. He's not in debt now. Mm -hmm. And he's made so much money on his phone. Mm -hmm. Like like investing in stocks because he learned about that mm -hmm. and then he's passing that knowledge down to me yeah, so he, so broke, he that broke that chain, that chain. Yeah. so then I would teach my children mm -hmm. financial literacy so another thing is why I'm pointing this out is also it's not like yes there's been so many setbacks but it's like there's opportunity still mm -hmm. and it's like
Um, yeah, I was talking about uh, I was rudely. Yeah, we cut off there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, about um, I was talking about how my dad he used to come home and he would just hear such rude remarks. Go back to your country, this and that. Oh, you don't belong here. And when you're being told, and the people you love, you love, are being told that you don't belong here. How am I supposed to feel like I belong here? Like you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So Even though you were born here. Like, yeah, I was born here. So like, but I'm obviously different. I yeah. have very much ethnic features. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, when you're being told that you're not American, there's, I don't think there's any way you can feel American. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a very, I'm an yeah. individual. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not American. I'm just me. Yeah. yeah. In my experience, kind of like, puts in, like, if I am American, like, with my American identity, because there have been times I've, I've, been out in the public and well there was this one time we were in the grocery store and somebody lost their debit card and there was like so many other people with us in the aisle but they just chose and targeted us so I was like why like was it because we're a minority or something Uh but then there are also times where I'm out in public translating for my parents and people are like that's beautiful that's That's cool I'm so that that's just like so impressive you know and so like that kind of like shapes how my like how I feel about my American identity because it's like I don't want to be that type where it's like not embracing others. Yeah. And I want to be the other one that's like welcoming and like loving, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like with me, it's like I'm not gonna say I've had like no actually I have had some pretty bad experiences <laughs> now. I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um it just comes up. Yeah, it just like came up because I was <laughs> trying to think I'm like it's not nearly as bad as like your guys's but like, I, like ever since like a little kid, um, I remember I went to like a like a white school, mm-hmm. and then the school like broke up into two different places. So it was like yeah. Alamance, and then like half of it is like it divided based off the neighborhood. So it's generally like the smaller oh, yeah. houses. Oh. It was a whole other school, Simpkins, and that other school was predominantly black. In the school I stayed at, because I lived in like a pretty big house, mm-hmm. it I stayed at Alamance, which was predominantly white. Yeah. And so that's all that I was around. And like, I would just like get like small little remarks from my friends talking about my skin complexion mm-hmm. or like, oh, why is your hair curly? It'll look better for straight. Or like, oh, why are your lips so big? Stuff like that. Just like pointing out little things like that. Mm-hmm. And because I just <clears throat> so desperately wanted to fit in, I wish that I were white. I remember mm-hmm. I wrote a poem about it. I should have brought it actually, but how I used to like cry because mm-hmm. I wanted to be white, mm-hmm. and I just like even like after like my parents just told me how beautiful I was and like like I don't know they just showed me the beauty in being black. Yeah, they showed mm-hmm. me that. But when you're I go to school dead. and it's like I just want to fit in. And so it took me a while until I got really comfortable and just like, you know, this is beautiful. Like, I believe that. And then there would be teachers. <laughs> teachers. It just keeps coming. Yeah, I remember in fifth grade, it was, we were watching, we were going over slavery. And my social studies teacher, she was like, oh, look how big the plantations are. No one, like, it's very necessary to have so many slaves. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. And then I remember in uh, sixth grade, no, seventh grade, um, my teacher, like during Black History Month, 
um, like we saw something about Martin Luther King, and then he referred to all the black kids in our class as Negroes, but got so thrown back when I called him out on it. And then I remember when in eighth grade, it was the same thing. Like my teacher consistently would just say Negroes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like I would speak to him about and everything, but would be so thrown back when I say something. And I remember he did something to like one of my friends actually. It was like she had grades in mm -hmm. and she was going to the bathroom and it, they were all white girls around her. And they were like making some kind of jokes. And the teacher says, you know, she points her out and says, oh, I bet she stayed getting into fights. Mm. Was yeah. So it's like authority is like looking down mm -hmm. onto me, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like, oh my goodness. I remember, oh my goodness. I remember in seventh grade, there was like this row, it was like two different rows. Like all the kids in one row were black and all the kids oh, in the other row goodness. were white. But we were all friends. We were all talking okay. and stuff. But she points out, like, the quote-unquote black girl and says, you're all acting like animals. Oh. Yeah, so it's well, just... But both of you guys were, so... Like, it, right. So, like, I'm like, but why are you calling us out and stuff? And she did something to me, like, specifically, like, she, like, put her hands on me instead of, like, my white friend who was doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, oh, I have authority over you, blah, blah, blah. You know, stuff like that. And because of that, it kind of, like, shapes... Like your how you yeah and but I feel like it's different for me how I like took all of that into account I feel mm -hmm. like that made me stronger yeah. like in a twisted way I feel like it has I don't feel like any child should have to go through that and I don't want to say I'm happy it did but I wouldn't be who I am yeah because of those experiences yeah exactly and I wouldn't like I don't feel like I would be so well spoken or would like be so passionate about these kind of things if none of that happened yeah you know mm -hmm. and so like another thing to go back on like the last question that we had asked talking about like contributions so if you look on like google if you look up the most educated minority group in america it says there it says black women that mm -hmm. black women are now the most educated group but yet the most disrespected and so in that specifically I feel like it's it's not a shock to me whatsoever. I knew we were the most disrespected. Now I, I didn't know that we were considered the most educated, actually. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I didn't know until you just said yeah. that. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Yeah, so That's cool. I feel like, like you guys aren't getting recognized like that. Mm -hmm. If it were another group, then it would be helpful. But I feel like everything yeah. as a black woman is hard. Like you know, it's always like you know all like the different issues like how it's like sexism, racism, colorism, stuff mm -hmm. like that. That's literally also how it is within the black community. Mm -hmm. So it's like black women have it harder than black men. But also dark-skinned black women have it harder than light-skinned black women. Yeah, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's like, and I don't have like any, because like I'm not like dark-skinned, and I'm not like really like labeled like myself, like the color or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I feel like those experiences like different little being a minority within your own minority it's more strain on you if that makes sense yeah so with that being said oh shoot, no, shoot. uh <laughs> yeah 
Um, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Sorry for it being so long. Yeah. But I really hope you enjoyed. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Have a great Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, like that shows that I am, I am, I am, I am me. me.